0: Welcome back or welcome if you're a first time listener. This is the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host Mike Patria, joined by my good buddy Harris Carmani here to break down this wonderful Monday slate. We have nine games It is December 13th. Harris, my good friend. It's been a few days. How you been? How's your weekend?
1: Oh, yeah, well, weekend's been good. We've had uh, milder weather over here after a couple of days of some pretty annoying snow and sleet. So glad to have that. And glad that uh, looking back at my last podcast, every single Thrive Fantasy pick I made was on the mark. So, you know, made me feel good about myself as well. So it's been nice. Look at that
0: segue. Look at that segue <laughs> right into our talking points. And guys, yes, that is correct. Uh, we give out Thrive Fantasy picks because they are now a partner of the show. So uh, come prop up on Thrive Fantasy NBA this season. Thrive Fantasy, if you do not know, is a daily fantasy sports and e-sport app for player props. Uh, with Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and only focus on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. So what it is, you choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under, based on how likely it is to hit. You hit the props, rack up the most points, and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over 50,000 guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA and has awarded over $6 million so far. So head over there, use the promo code ETHOS when you sign up. That's E-T-H-O-S, and you receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. You can download the Thrive Fantasy app in your App Store, Play Store, or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop today. So, yes, we... Uh, we We've been killing the throw. I think I got. I don't know if I hit both of them. I know I hit the Joel Embiid one when we were talking. Uh, I can't actually now. I've, just, I've been like five shows where I've given out so many. I don't even remember who the other ones were at that point. But I know I had a, a Joel Embiid one with uh, the last one I was on with you. So we're going to jump right into this, man. We have Miami traveling to Cleveland, taking on the Cavaliers in this one. So as far as the injury report is concerned for the Cavs, it's just Colin Sexton for the Heat. Bam, Jimmy. Caleb Martin in those health protocols. Jimmy Butler still dealing with that tailbone contusion. Uh, and then Markeith Morris, Victor Oladipo are all out. As of right now, we do not have all the game lines, but we do have this one. 206.5 game total. Cleveland being favored by 4.5 points. I'll let you lead off here. Uh, why don't you start giving us your take on the Miami Heat? Absolutely. And the, down, or the downside or the upside, however we want to look at it, is
1: with Jimmy out you get Pretty clear idea of exactly where the usage is going. And and we saw that come through in Kyle Lowry having a huge assist game, which is going to happen when you get these opportunities to get all these shooters open and him having the ball a lot more. He was able to drop 47 in the last game, 46 the game before that. has gotten a decent price bump over here, but honestly... Uh, if this is going to be a, a matchup, which is you know 206, but a Cleveland team that's also very guard heavy, you're going to see a lot more usage with Kyle Lowry. I feel pretty good having him at uh, around that 8K mark. And then there's just a lot of value as far as uh, Miami's concerned at the bottom. We saw uh, Gabe Vincent get 32 minutes in the last game, uh, had you know eight four eight four steals, was able to rack up some pretty decent fantasy stats. And PJ Tucker, who is going to be getting a lot more minutes with them at a bio out, getting more usage on that end as well. We've actually been seeing him get a lot more shots in the last two games than he has been for most of the other season and getting close to that double digit rebound as well. Drop 40 in the game prior 35 or 34.25 in the Chicago game as well. So it's just a lot of uh, good options. I do like, I like PJ for that uh, power forward uh, center eligibility Dwayne Deadman at 5,000. i like for that center eligibility as well. Though there are a couple of other guys a little bit later on in the slate that I may be slightly more inclined to take. I think both these guys are just very, very solid options. And if you're looking to take some of those studs, there's two, two, three, four viable studs in this one. But you can definitely get one to two fit in on this slate. It's a fun one. You should definitely look at some of these value picks to be able to
0: round off that lineup. I think you said it perfect. Yeah, we just I mean, we just saw these two teams face off. I think it was like a week, week and a half ago. Um, when it was actually one of the first games, I believe, after that BAM injury. And, yeah, Deadman had a, a great game. And, frankly, they're going to need to play in big minutes. You know, that's the only thing you're concerned with is Deadman's minutes. He played 29 against Chicago, put up a 44 DK point game. The, like, five or four previous games of that, he was under 25 minutes. A little lackluster. But then you look back when he played Cleveland, he played 31. Due to that double-big lineup, double-doubled, put up a couple steals and blocks. Uh, ended up turning out almost 40 DK points. So I definitely have some interest in Deadman, Kyle Lowry, you said it perfectly. The usage is up. The assist ratio is up. everything's up with him right now with all the injuries and the the news. And he's going to continue to just have the ball in his hands pretty much the entire game. Um, we saw Gabe Vincent draw the start in that last one. Could very well draw another start with no Caleb Martin. So 4,200. There's worse options you can look at. Play 31 minutes. He's never going to be a high usage guy, but he's very active. Uh, gets the assists, turns out a few steals when he gets the minutes. So forty-two, there's worse you can do. So those are the three main options I'd be looking at. Uh, it would be Gabe, it would be Deadman, and it would be Kyle Lowry. But frankly, this entire starting unit's probably going to be in play for me. But if you want to look at Tyler Hero at seventy-two, I think there's a couple other options I, I prefer. Uh, Duncan coming off of a massive game. Don't really like ch- uh, chasing shooters. He was nine to thirteen that game, but. That's probably it. It's probably going to be those main three plays, uh, and I wouldn't argue with anybody else. On the Cleveland side of the ball, definitely a lot to like over here. You said it right. There is a lot of studs that we could choose right here. Darius Garland has been hot. At 8,200, you know, I'm going to ask you right off the rip before I give my take. Who do you prefer, Garland or Lowry? I'll probably – one, I'm probably slightly
1: biased because you know Kyle Lowry's my guy, but I think for, for eight thousand, with his usage rate being in the mid to high 20s now, he's always going to be just a, a smash grab for that. He just plays so much solid basketball that even if his shot's not going, he's probably going to end up with 14 to 15 assists to go along with everything else. So, between the two, I'll probably lean Lowry, but honestly, I could find myself in a situation where I end up taking both these guys because I think uh, Garland's also set to have a very good game given the lack of, uh, lack of people on the other side overall and just him being on another level right now as far as
0: his playmaking is concerned. Yeah, I'm probably right there with you. I, I like Garland. Uh, I like him on those smaller slates, though. On the bigger slates, there's a lot of options. He's starting to get priced up a little bit. And now, if i try trying to talk you off uh, Darius Garland, that's not what I'm trying to do. If you're interested in playing him, he's got all the merit and the reasoning on why so that's not what i'm trying to do i just prefer lowry and you know we got to ask these questions because tough decisions have to be made when you're making your lineup not everybody maxes out tournaments and some people only play cash or gpp or i mean a uh, single entry so gotta ask tough questions outside of garland though i think jared allen is a fine player but he's getting a little too expensive for my liking so i'll probably take a pass on jared allen uh, but i don't mind looking at evan mobley at 7100 the dude is just been churning and burning Uh, has 40-point games in two out of the last three games in the matchup earlier this season, put up 48 DK points with the 17-11 game, had four blocks, one steal to go with it. So don't mind looking at him at the end of the day, though. I probably won't have too much exposure to this Cleveland team. Uh, Just because we have nine games, we have a ton of value to talk about, a lot of better matchups, um, enticing matchups in general with higher game totals and stuff like that. But anything else you want to talk about Cleveland before we keep going?
1: Yeah, I think you've hit the major uh, nails on the head over here. I was going to say that uh, Isaac Okoro, just for his uh, price tag, and what he's been doing in the last couple of games, better shooting, more usage, is probably in play just for how many minutes he's getting. But again, at 4,000, he said there's going to be a couple of other options on the slate, but I do expect him to be able to get somewhere close to a 6x on his value. So that is a very viable option there as well.
0: I like it. All right. We'll keep it moving. Now, Golden State Warriors traveling to Indiana, take on the Pacers. Andre Godala is out. Clay Thompson and James Wiseman have been sent to the G League. I think the, uh, Clay's going to have a ball with those guys down there. Uh, but they are both still out. And then for the Pacers, we know T.J. McConnell out uh, pretty much for the rest of the season. But then Justin Holiday has been upgraded to questionable to, based on his conditioning. Brad Wanamaker is questionable. And then T.J. Warren is still out. This game is a 213.5 game total. Golden State being favored by three and a half points. What are you looking at on Golden State? Is Steph Curry finally going to break this record? I think I think he had, about <laughs> has to uh, at this point, but you know he's been struggling lately. Is he one of the studs that you can consider on tonight's slate?
1: Yeah, you pretty much took my segue over there. Coming in 9 of 31 from the three-point line last two games, it's just something's got to break on it. You can see that it's on his mind, and I feel like this is the kind of matchup where he's going to be able to just Sweat it out, get it going, and I think he'll be able to hit that record here. That being said, at 11400 I mean, Curry is Curry, but there are a couple of other studs coming out later which are either priced slightly less than him or just a little bit more than him that uh, I just like better for their uh, point production per minute. And given the fact that I don't necessarily know if a uh, Indiana team that's, you know, one, dealing with uh, a couple of injuries but just been bad in general is going to be able to keep up against the uh, Golden State team, especially if Curry gets going, so I'm slightly a little bit less hot on Curry tonight versus uh, some of the other studs, but he's always just an absolutely solid option. Uh, beyond that, all the other players as far as Golden State, or Golden State are concerned are pretty fairly priced as far as I'm concerned. Uh, You have seen a little bit uh, from the Kevon Looney side of him getting a little bit more interest, a little bit more usage, more rebounds to be able to get into that mid-20s pretty comfortably as far as his DK points are concerned for the last two games. So again, if you're looking for that value to round everything around, uh, he's one center that you can keep in mind. But I'm not really all that looking to jump on a Jordan Poole, a Wiggins, maybe even Draymond, a 6,800 could be potentially in play for me. But again, just better options and he's just not getting enough usage for my liking at the moment.
0: Right there with you. I don't think I'll be playing really anybody from Golden State. The one guy that kind of piqued my interest was Poole ever so slightly. It just feels like it's a good matchup set up for him. But at the end of the day, I probably won't be pulling the trigger unless I'm building, you know, maxing out to 20 entry maxes and stuff like that. Maybe I'll have a share or two. But for the most part, I'm going to be avoiding them. On the other side of the ball, if I'm avoiding Golden State, obviously, I'm probably not going to have a lot of uh, the Pacers either. I mean, Karis Levert has been playing much better. Shot attempts have been up in the past few games, but I'm not going to go chasing those shot attempts at the good shooting from him. I think Brogdon at 79. This could be a good bounce back spot for him. He's been struggling with his shot for as good as Levert's been. But again, just don't think I'll pay 79 for him. I'd rather just pay the 8K for Kyle Lowry and some of these other guys that we will talk about. So for the most part, I'll, I'll keep Duarte in my player pool uh, just because, you know, he has been playing a little bit better, but. At 4,500, there's a little meat left on the bone where he's showing us you can get the 30, 35 DK points, but you're going to get left holding the bag on some of these games. And he'll have that you know, 15 to 20. And in a nine game slate, you really can't afford a 20 DK point game from a guy that's 4,500 because there will be so many value plays that do hit. And yeah, that, that can cost you a little bit of money. So he's probably the one guy I'll keep in there, but he's not as viable for cash as he is in GPP. Fair enough. Let me just throw this out there though. And I know You
1: love me talking about Miles Turner every time, but (laughs) Golden State is a matchup in which Last year, this is the two games last year that he had against them, 18 and 10 with four blocks, shooting over 60 percent in the field. And he's, again, Indiana, just because of Miles Turner, is a team I happen to watch a lot. And it's just a matchup that he's been able to take advantage of because he can shoot over Draymond, which they try to keep putting on him out onto the perimeter. And he's found himself shooting nearly 50 percent from three on the matchups that he has against them as well. So it's just one of those things I like looking at splits from last seasons, And I know I took Miles Turner in this matchup last year. So he's going to be my player pool. But as you said, it's not if, if you're thinking that Curry could give, be going off on the other side, then if someone's going to keep it competitive on this side, it is going to be with the help of Miles Turner in this matchup. So just think about that if you're going one way.
0: I can't argue with it, man. It, it is a great matchup for him. I think for me, it just comes down to other centers I like. Not as much of not liking Miles Turner. I think you're right. I think he is due for a good game. And we've seen him have a couple of these blow up games. And Listen, if there's when you're trying to convince me to play a guy. I'm usually you usually do a good job. So, you know, you just put him back in my player pool. I'm not going to argue with it. Uh, we'll move on <laughs> to the next game. Uh, Sacramento Kings traveling to Toronto, taking on the Raptors, your Raptors, I should say, in this one, as though you, you have part ownership. Yep. Uh, I, don't, I don't think the Raptors are really necessarily kind of like the Packers uh, where, you know, public team. But uh, I feel like you have some ownership. Rashawn Holmes remains out. And then everybody else got of just on G League assignments. For the Raptors, though, precious now in the health and safety protocols. Uh, OG remains out. Kevin Birch remains out. Goran is not with the team yet. And then as far as a game total and a spread, I know we have this one. Um, it is a 220 game total. Toronto favored by five. I'll start off with Sacramento because I always feel like you just get mad at me if I just talk about the Raptors when you should be talking. I'm sure people are listening and get mad at me when I, when I do that. <laughs> but they're like, no, put the Raptors guy on. We want to hear him talk about them. Uh, but looking at some of these options, Terrence Davis uh, result uh, – resulted uh was relegated back to a bench role in that last one only played 18 minutes if we hear he's drawing the start I'd have some interest at 41 if the news doesn't come out I'll probably take a hard pass but Marvin Bagley drew the start in that last one he only played 22 minutes but at 3,800 I'll have some shares of him if he draws another start I don't mind looking at him and the one guy that and you know this I never get Harrison Barnes right I want to play Harrison Barnes but that's just tell everybody don't play him um, he played limited minutes uh, in the last two because it was a back-to-back set. I have not checked. Maybe I could do a little fact check while you're talking whether or not this is a back-to-back for them. Um, but at that price tag, he's due to boom in one or two of these matchups. I think he will get the Scotty Barnes defensive treatment, which I don't really love. But for the most part, I would, uh, I would definitely keep him in my player pool. And then Halliburton has... Been looking pretty good over the past few. Came off coming off of a down one, but the uh, three previous games he's had at least thirty-eight and a half DK points or more. A fifty burger thrown in there as well. Um, could see him being in the player pool, but at the end of the day, I'm not gonna have too much share. So I'm really just gonna be looking towards some of this value plays with Bagley. Depending on if Davis starts, I, I wouldn't mind looking at him. Um, but outside of that, I, I you know I can't pull. The, I don't know if I could pull the trigger on Barnes. He burned me the past two nights. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't play him on the second half of the back-to-back, but. Front half, he completely burned me. What are you looking at here on the Sacramento team and why are you doing that? I'm just going to go fact check myself and make sure they are not on a back-to-back.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I can help you out with that. They're not on a back to back. They played on Saturday and they're not playing uh, on the Sunday. So we do get them on the day off today going into the Monday since, you know, we are doing this on a Sunday. Uh, we, so Harrison Barnes at 5,100 is definitely in my player pool. Just, I mean, one, I like his price tag altogether. I've liked it throughout the season when he's been getting his burn. He's going to get a shot attempt as he's get his gets his legs under him. And yes, Terrence Davis did get relegated out to the bench roll, but honestly, uh, they just need him to be able to come out. I mean, Marvin Bagley is just such a terrible real life player, this absolute Ole defense. And he's going to be in a situation again. I can guarantee it that he is not going to be getting big minutes. It's just never worked out well for me. One in picking him in fantasy and two, actually for the Sacramento Kings playing him in real life, no matter how angry he gets at the coach. So at 3,800, yeah, he's in play, but honestly, I just don't like him. And Terrence Davis, you got to remember This is a revenge matchup for a team that, uh, you know, in many ways had to let him go because of all of the uh, you know, allegations and all that were going about him, you know, domestic violence and all. It just wasn't the uh, situation the Toronto Raptors wanted to find themselves in. So they ended up shipping him off to Sacramento and, well, he's found a good home there. But let's see what he does to Toronto, who, on the other hand, are looking at, you know, Precious being out. I'm excited uh, that Chris Boucher is going to likely draw another start. I don't like Chris Boucher in real life, but in fantasy, he's just an absolute monster as soon as he gets into those mid-20s. And really, it all comes down to whether he keeps himself out of foul trouble. That's all that's keeping him away from 30 minutes. So... Now, spoiler alert, he's my favorite value play on the slate. And at 4,300, I think he has the capability to be able to put up a 40-plus night on a Sacramento team that is going to have trouble with him as he stretches out the floor. He's going to be able to get somewhere close to 8-9 to nine rebounds. So you know, as long as he's getting those double-digit scoring nights, he's probably going to rack up a couple of blocks with that. So he's just a great guy to be able to have in fantasy because the rest of them are pretty fairly priced for what they are. I probably am not super interested in any of them. i just given out. How it is, I mean, Fred VanVleet for 9K dropped to 51 last game, 46 the game before that. But at that price tag, not so much upside. Uh, Scotty Barnes is probably the only one because of his small forward eligibility alongside his point guard. That gives me a little bit of interest. Has had two great games uh, coming into this one. His shooting is looking a lot better and he's getting uh, anywhere between four to five three-point attempts a game, which is what's been really the uh, last key to unlock as far as his fantasy performance is concerned. So definitely another one in play. More options likely later on available that you may be more interested in, but in a cash game, I think you're pretty happy with that, Chris Boucher being my favorite.
0: Listen, uh, I've been riding the Boucher bandwagon for DFS for the past what two nights, three nights that he's been starting. So um, games, I should say. But I mean, I think that was a little harsh, man. You don't like him in real life. Uh, seems like he could be a could be a nice guy. I mean, I never met him. Uh, but <laughs> I have <couldn't>, met him. <laughs> oh,
1: have, <laughs> no, no, no. He's a cool guy. Don't get me wrong. It's just one of those. Every Raptor fan hates how jumpy he is on the perimeter. So many stupid, stupid plays on defense that he gets yeah. yanked as a result of it. So he can get hot. Don't get me wrong. But he's just an absolute. <laughs> I'm, giving you
0: hard time. Yeah. I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, yeah, I'm sure yeah, I'm with you. I, you can see the holes in his actual real life game, uh, but doesn't mean he's not nice. No, I'm with you. Uh, Boucher, fantastic play, 4,300. I'm right there with you. And I think the only other guy I'd have interest in would be Siakam. I don't love the price tag. I just love the matchup for him at 8,500. Uh, he cooked the Kings earlier this season, and it's just they struggle against pretty much anybody at the power forward and center position. Uh, you know, that may start to change a little bit with Harrison Barnes being back, but. Um, at the same time, I don't see it changing. And this kind of does now that we're kind of, you know, thinking out loud, uh, does feel like it's going to be a Terrence Davis matchup where if he does start, so I'm slowly starting to think he might start while Bagley gets relegated back to the bench, but something to keep an eye on, uh, to the next game, Milwaukee bucks traveling to Boston, taking on the Celtics here, uh, looking at the injury report for the Celtics. We have Bruno Fernando out. And then Marcus Smart is probable. Josh Richardson remains out in the health and safety protocols. We have no injury report for the Bucks as they played earlier today. And then as far as a game total, it's 218.5 with the Celtics being favored by two. Uh, a little shocking with that one on that line. Um, Celtics have been playing. some a pretty decent ball. But looking at this one. We'll start off at the top, <clears throat> excuse me, with the Bucs. Giannis coming in at 11-6, coming off of an absolutely monster game against Houston. Uh, hope you guys played him. Up-paced matchup for Giannis is always a good thing. So, I, I do have some interest in Giannis. I think at the end of the day, I'm always just going to, you know, just prefer the safeness with Jokic. But, pick splitting hairs between these two. Giannis has played well against uh, this Boston team in the past. Especially with no Jalen Brown. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Jalen Brown's off the injury report. So, yeah, maybe maybe we just lean more Jokic now. So, that's probably it. I don't have a ton of interest. I think all these guys are probably priced appropriately. Looking at Holiday, uh, again, I just keep deferring back to a guy like Kyle Lowry, and I just prefer Kyle Lowry over him ever so slightly. Uh, so, I don't see myself falling on him. I haven't played much of Chris Middleton all season long. Bobby Portis continues to be an absolute stud, don't get me wrong, at 7,200. Um, Could easily turn out a good game, but... He's going to have a tough matchup looking at the interior. So it's probably just going to be honest for me that I'll keep in my player pool. But I still think I prefer Jokic later on. Uh, When it's all said and done, it might just come down to eligibility.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And you referencing that line makes me think about the fact that maybe because it's a back-to-back, perhaps they know something again where last time around we saw I was wrong about the Giannis in Toronto thing. It didn't matter. He was out on that back-to-back and they rested him. So I wonder if they decide to do something similar along that along those lines. And maybe the bookies know something that we don't. So something to definitely keep in in mind just in case. And if that happens, then obviously players like Chris Middleton and those guys become a lot more of interest. But as far as that's concerned, I'm totally on board with you that it's really only... Uh, only Giannis that I'd be interested in. As far as the Boston side is concerned as well, really, it's the same thing. I mean, Jalen Brown coming back takes away a lot of usage uh, from everyone else. And because of the guys that have been performing well, their prices are up. So it's just really been you know, something of the fact that uh, I was thinking about whether Marcus Martin would be out, but we know that now he's probable with uh, despite his illness. So you know, that kind of takes Dennis Schroeder out of it for me as well. So really no supreme interest. Uh, I mean, I always hope that Robert Williams will get back to his 28 to 30 minutes and then I'll be able to take him every night. But at this moment, I just can't trust anyone at these price tags. I'll keep Horford in my player pool just because any tight matchup, they always use him more. They always need him more in these kind of situations. And, you know, he's probably going to be pretty good for his 6600 uh, for a cash 5x, but nothing really of interest as far as upside is concerned.
0: I am right there with you. I will not be playing anybody on the Celtics uh just that simple it's everyone's too expensive for me we're not playing schroeder if jalen brown's back and then robert williams we need those minutes from so we'll move on keep an eye on the honest news uh yeah that spread just doesn't sound right uh, as we are recording this the night before usually i figured that milwaukee would be favored in this one but next game should be an exciting fantasy friendly game houston Rockets traveling to atlanta they are taking on the hawks expecting this one to be just a run and gun type game but uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Solomon Hill, DeAndre Hunter, Skylar Mays, and Yaka Okungwu all ruled out. Two of those guys in the G League. And Yaka on assignment in the G League, which is always good to see, uh, coming off of a shoulder surgery. And then for the Rockets, we have Uzman Garuba in the G League. And then Jalen Green, Daniel House, Kevin Porter Jr. all remain out. So we should uh, – I don't know why they started DJ Augustine in that last game. It threw me through a loop with my line up to the last minute um i ended up playing a share or two of them but i even i think i even said in our discord this isn't a good idea uh i was i was in a 20 entry max that night so i figured i'd get a couple shares but it was not a good idea uh there you go we have 226 game total atlanta being favored by a whopping 12 points so i'll pass it over to you why don't you talk about houston for us
1: Yeah, And as you said, it's a huge matchup as far as potential fantasy options here. Uh, Armani Brooks remains my favorite of all these guys at 4,800. He's just been absolutely rock solid, not only in minutes, but in shot attempts for the last three games. Now, it's had double digit in each of those has been 30 plus in each of those games. And even though his price tag has risen slightly over to his 4,800 now, I'm still very, very happy to be able to go ahead and play him. And I also really like Sangoon in this matchup over here. He's just going to get more opportunities against a team that's going to be that little bit bigger. They're going to require his playmaking, his capability to just be that body to be thrown out there. And his price tag has also gone up a little bit on the back of a great game that he had in the last one uh, going up against the Grizzlies. But Really, it just comes down to minutes for him. He got 23 in that game. Honestly, if he can get 23 again, he could easily drop that same 38 DK points that he did in that one. He just has that kind of fantasy-friendly game. So those are the two major guys. Honestly, the rest of the starting lineup, other than Christian Woods, is definitely in play just because of the high pace of this matchup. It's probably going to be the highest game total of the night. I know we haven't got it for every single game, but 226 is going to be hard to beat. So that brings Ja'Shawn Tate into play. It brings Eric Gordon into play. It brings Garrison Matthews into play just because of uh, their price tags and their capability to be able to get hot. And Sean Tate has the kind of game that uh, is able to rack up fantasy stats just from all the ancillary stuff that he does. So all these guys are definitely in play. You're going to be in a pick-your-poison situation. But uh, Armani Brooks and Sangoon are at the cream of that crop
0: for me. Yep, I I can't argue anymore. I think if this game does, it really depends on your build. If you if you build it to stay close, then I think Eric Gordon comes into play at fifty three hundred. I like when he's starting at point guard, though. That's the difference. You know, if they decide, and they very well might go with that double big annoying lineup where they actually start these, uh and alongside of Wood, which it makes no sense how Sangui is not starting for this team at this point. He's easily been one of the Rockets' best players all season long, even in limited minutes, but. Um, I like Sangoon regardless if there's a blowout scenario. He'd mostly be a GPP play just because he's very close to Deadman's price, who I just feel a little safer with knowing that they're going against that double big matchup. But I think Sangoon and Brooks, Brooks is almost actually getting a little bit priced out of my liking. Uh, But regardless, he's 10 times better than DJ Augustine. As long as he's playing 30 minutes, whether it's starting coming off the bench and blowout time, he's in play. So those are the two guys I'm looking at for the most part. And I wouldn't mind Eric Gordon if that's how you're game scripting it. On the other side of the ball, there's a lot to like here, but again, it's all about how your game script. If you game script this game, uh, and you think it might get out of hand, you know your tune might change a little bit. You know, Trey Young coming in at 10-3, This is a smash spot for Trey Young. It's a smash spot for Capella. Both these guys should have monster games, but uh, if the game gets out of hand, Capella might only play twenty eight minutes, twenty five minutes. If the game gets out of hand, we might see only you know twenty nine or thirty from Trey Young. Now they could still do damage in those minutes, but it's with with nine games on other guys to spend up on is it worth the risk? And that's just what you have to evaluate to yourself. And for me, I don't think it is. I think there's other spots I'd rather go to, but normally this is, this is a matchup where I would say every single player is in play, they all get bumps, but it's just going to be a challenge with, you know, how well the Hawks have been playing. Um, are they going to be able to keep up with them? I mean, the Hawks have dropped basically 120 points uh, in two out of the last three games. So they should just be running and gunning and this could equal high fantasy points. It's just a little bit of a challenge.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just one of those things where the Hawks, even if they blow this out, then you don't know who exactly ends up playing more minutes. I mean, we saw Luwau Cabarro play thirty-one minutes in the last game and just pretty much had a cardio session as he went oh of eight from the field, but you know, he should be doing a lot better than that. And at 3,200, that would be someone of interest. Cam Reddish at 3,300 should be uh, starting to ramp up. He doesn't really have a, you know, restrictions per se, but uh, he hasn't still gotten those minutes back into something of normalcy. Played 17 in the last one. Could very well see somewhere into the low to mid-20s this time around. So if that happens at 3,300, he just needs a couple of buckets to be able to get going. And Likely gets a little bit more garbage time minutes, too, if it's uh, just to try to get him uh, back in it. But as you said, I'm probably going to be avoiding Trey Young just because um, I'm afraid that this game does have him sit a little bit more. Frankly, they probably could afford to sit him a little bit more with how many minutes he's been playing. You don't want him to get burnt out. So I'm avoiding those guys. Uh, The bargain bucket ones are probably some GPP pivots for me, but that's about it.
0: All right. We'll keep it moving then. Philadelphia 76ers traveling to Memphis. Taking on the Grizzlies in this one should be some good fantasy value. The Grizzlies have yet to re- uh, release their injury report. And for the Sixers, as we know, Ben Simmons still out. Outside of that, it's just Grant Riller who's been out with that right shoulder soreness for quite some time. So everybody else is expected to be good to go. Two ten and a half game total, Philly being favored by two points in this one. Uh, I'll pass it over to you. Who are you looking at for the Sixers? Yeah, and for the Sixers, see, this is where it comes down to that uh, that stud
1: that I feel Comfortable with. We already spoke about uh, you know, Jokic coming in a little bit after, who's just excellent. We know Giannis is a monster as well. But Joel Embiid in this matchup, we're actually expected to stay close. Memphis is always a pesky team at home, but they're likely going to be lacking in size. We know that Stephen Adams is doubtful. Uh, we'll wait to see to confirm that he's out or not. But Joel Embiid is just going to be absolutely feasting in this matchup over here. And at 11K, I'm happy to be able to have him as one of my studs to be able to have that kind of matchup in a minus two. Uh, situation as far as the spread's concerned so he's definitely my big guy over here and hey we saw Matisse Tybel start in the last game so that got me very excited yes he didn't have a massive DK point night but at 3100 if he's playing 34 minutes I am I am down I am going to be taking him just because it's one of those <laughs> things it's like you, you got to do it you got to stay on brand but at 3100 I love that price tag if he's just getting the minutes so if he's starting again I'll go ahead and give him that shot Uh, He just needs to take a couple more shots. He hit two of three, as far as threes are concerned, two of five from the field. Just give him, get him to that eight shot mark that he's uh, good at. And you're going to get a a mid 20 to close to 30 night from him. So Matisse, Matisse is my guy. (laughs) But beyond that, it's just too many, uh, too many guys that are pretty fairly priced. Uh, Seth Curry's always uh, interesting to me and in play, but he's been and not shooting as many threes as I like. I don't understand why he's not chucking more. But you know, he only went 0 of 3 in the last game. It really, he should be somewhere close to eight to nine attempts a game. So if he can get to that, I'd be feeling better as far as his price tag is concerned. But the rest of the fairly priced guys, I'm just going to end up avoiding
0: in this game. Yeah, you'd play Matisse liable if he was playing 12 minutes a night, man. I yes. Don't 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 lie to us. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I honestly, I don't have too much interest. I know Embiid should be in a smash spot. But again, that, that security blanket of Jokic, maybe Embiid as the pivot off of Jokic. There's a couple other centers that we're going to talk about where at the end of the day, we're just going to have to make some decisions. You know, we can't play all these centers. And, you know, I, that's that might be where I kind of just draw the line because we're going to go to a guy on the other side of the ball who is a fantastic value play and has center eligibility as well. And that is Xavier Tillman. Um, I'm expecting him to start. I'm expecting him to play some decent minutes at 3,400. I definitely have some interest in him. Uh, we're going to have to keep an eye on Jaron Jackson Jr., who missed that last game due to knee soreness. You know, they could always go J- uh, triple J at the center and then start Kyle Anderson. I doubt they want to do that, uh, knowing that Joel Embiid would probably get Jaron Jackson Jr. into foul trouble awfully quickly. So I don't expect him to do that. What I do expect them to do is start Tillman in at 3,400. He makes for a pretty fantastic value play outside of Tillman. I don't think I'll be going too crazy over here. Uh, I think I'll just take my value and run with it. But if you wanted to look at some of these other pieces in that 6K range, you know, your Desmond Baines, Tyus Jones, uh, Dylan Brooks, I'm I'm pretty much done with DeAnthony Melton for quite some time. You know, if you can't have a good game against Houston, I don't care if you played 18 minutes. We've seen DeAnthony Melton crush people in 18 minutes before. Uh, but if you can't have a good game against Houston, I don't know when I could trust you. And at 4,700, too expensive. I need that price tag to come down a little bit. So just keep an eye on what centers are actually available. We already know Brandon Clark has been ruled out. Steven Adams, who said it, is better half a doubtful. So Tillman at 3,400. He's probably my main play over here. Yep,
1: Tillman was my main uh, circled one here and then just waiting on the uh, Jaron Jackson news as well. Because if that ends up happening, then perhaps I'll have a little bit more interest in the uh, Desmond Bain slash Dylan Brooks situation. Because they're probably going to be shooting 20 shots combined between each of them. So it's just going to be uh, you a know, chuck fest for them to be able to put up and at 6,000-ish they could easily hit that value even if, even if they're hitting 40% of those shots. So something to keep in mind. But beyond that, yeah, Xavier Tillman. I, I was also thinking about uh, Killy and Tilly because they're playing around the same kind of, kind of roles, same kind of situation. was watching a bit of the Houston game last one, and you know he's got some pretty good strokes uh, shooting from downtown, hit three in the last game as well. So if it's uh, a game that may potentially go a little bit the other way, pear-shaped as far as Philly's concerned, then he could be a decent GPP pivot to throw out there just for the uh, dual eligibility. I like it.
0: All right, we'll keep moving on to the 8.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Charlotte Hornets traveling to Dallas, taking on the Mavericks, uh, or what's left of them at this point. Charlotte, (laughs) no injury report yet, um, but we do know uh, that Terry Rozier is expected to be back in this one. Dallas Mavericks have no injury report, second half of a back-to-back, but we know that Luka has already been ruled out. Uh, I'll pass it over to you. When you're looking at Charlotte with Terry Rozier back, how does this change our look on this team? Uh, who can we expect to play? And who do you have interest in? Yeah.
1: And, and what we've enjoyed over the last couple of games is Gordon Hayward is like the primary point guard getting a lot more. I mean, he had a great game against Philly. Nuts. Not so much against Sacramento, still pretty much hit his value. But him as the major point guard was what was uh, of interest to me. And before this Terry Rozier news, that takes a little bit of shine away. And it takes a little bit of the uh, interest away for the entire lineup. Because I was actually looking at some of the... uh, potential guys like James Boaknight who had a monster game in the last one not necessarily wanted to chase box scores but just about uh, the minutes that he's getting but yeah with Terry Rozier back everyone's kind of priced up but you has gotten into like 8400 which is insane but of course he's had just three absolutely crazy games as of late his usage probably goes away so honestly i don't have massive interest in any of the charlotte guys at this moment just because of other uh, current price tags maybe if they all come down by about 500 i'll have a little bit more but uh, the rosier situation just kind of throws everything into a loop for me
0: yeah, and I, I didn't mention it. We also need to keep an eye on PJ Tucker, who, dealing with an illness, he's questionable for the game. He'd probably be the one guy I do have a little interest in, only if he starts at the center position, just because Plumlee's still out. Uh, they'd most likely be looking at playing him, you know, 30 plus minutes if he's able to go. At 66, I don't love that price tag, but he's a very versatile player where he can get it done in so many different ways with the defensive stats, stepping out to the three point line, good for rebounds, good for points, so. He's a guy I'll keep in my player pool. I think we could pretty much cross out Booknight and Martin at this point with Rosier back. And I think, you know, Bridges still priced where he should be. He's the one guy who hasn't really taken advantage of all the, the usage, which is, I think is something we talked about in the show when this first went down, is his usage really couldn't go up much higher. Um, you know, it was all the ancillary players like, hey, we're at Oubre, uh, who we're going to see the biggest bump. And then if we hear that Rosier has no minutes limit, if he's good to go and he can play 30 plus at 72, I'll keep him in my player pool. Uh, just because we know that, obviously, he's fresh. I don't know if he was uh, asymptomatic with COVID or if he actually got, you know, felt like we heard Joel Embiid say that he struggled to breathe. And we've heard several other players say how it really hit them hard. Um, so it's always a little risky when you're playing a guy coming off of the protocol list because you just don't have all the information on how the how that affected them. Um, we've been lucky enough to see with some of these Bulls players where head coach and coming out and saying, like, yeah, he's asymptomatic. He said he feels great. He's at home on the couch. So we, we weren't given that luxury, I don't believe. Um, you know, maybe I'll do a little research on that with, with Rosier. But he's someone that I would have a little interest in. So for me, it's just going to be PJ if he plays, maybe a little Rosier, But for the most part, um, these price tags are just a little overwhelming for me. On the other side of the ball, I'll keep this short and sweet. I'm playing Porzingis. I'm playing Brunson. That's it. Uh, I don't care if it's a back-to-back for Porzingis. This is a smash matchup for this team. Going against undersized, we've seen Biggs just walk in here and absolutely just tool the Charlotte Hornets for the better half of a week and a half now. I don't think that's changing until Mason Plumlee can get some size back in their starting lineup. So At 8K, he's a fine play. Brunson's getting a little bit of a price bump off of today. He was 53, I believe, coming into today. He's now 58, but we know Brunson's upside is 40 to 50 DK points when there's no Luka on the court. And Again, Just a great matchup. Charlotte plays very Ole defense, uh, very, very poor at uh, defending the three-point line. So if you want to take a stab at Tim Hardaway Jr., this would be the matchup to do so in. So that's probably it for me. Um, But again, I I don't see myself going to too much Tim Hardaway unless it's like a, you know, multiple lineups. You know, not my single entry, not my cash probably. Just him coming off the bench. It just takes a little bit of the shine away from him. So I'll probably just end up sticking with Porzingis and Brunson, and that's it yeah it's fair enough and
1: i mean tim hardaway is always one of those guys that just needs a couple of shots to go in to get himself just blowing up and it doesn't really matter who the matchup is once he gets his shot going but coming in two of 15 from the three-point line over the last two games so obviously needs something to get himself going in fact if we go a little bit further it's two of 22 in the last three games so just absolutely stinking it up from the outside but he's just those that kind of guy he just believes in himself and will keep shooting uh, there's probably more interest in that five thousand price tag. I mean, you already had Armani Brooks from prior. You had you know, the potential to even go and take, uh, you know, Harrison Barnes against Sacramento for that price tag as well. So, uh, for Sacramento, so those are probably guys that would be much more interested. But Jalen Brunson definitely is uh, the guy to be able to take from here. You know, those point guards are. You know, if you can get a starting point guard, he's going to have the kind of usage he will for just sort of south of 6K. That's an absolute smash. And it's probably my favorite guy as far as the mid-tier is concerned. But, yeah, just a great spot to be able to go. And some of these other guys will just benefit as a result of him passing the ball around.
0: Always with the spoiler alerts uh, with your with your now we know who your mid-tier mid-tier there you go. and your and your value play is. I like it. Uh, next game at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game, Washington Wizards traveling to Denver. Taking on the Nuggets in this one, as of right now, we do not have an injury report for either team, um, so can't really discuss that. But I think we know most of what's going on. And then we have a 215 and a half game total. Denver being favored by three and a half points. Uh, pass it over to you. Talk about Washington. We know that Kyle Kuzma uh, has been in the, was in the health and safety protocols. He's most likely going to sit again as being in those protocols. We saw Denny avija Avdija, there we go. Start in place of him. Uh, is he somebody that you can look at for value, or are you just gonna go with some of these other places we spoke about already?
1: Yeah, and I mean, Denny Avdija for 3,500 is definitely in play for me, just because he got the minutes that he's gonna need. I, I still wish he would get somewhere closer to the 30-minute mark to feel a little bit happier being able to throw him out there, but you know, for 3,500, not too too much downside and. I think he might actually be more of a cash play than a GPP one. He's just not a guy that gets heavy usage as far as offense is concerned. He's just one of those glue utility guys that just does a little bit all across the board, but never enough to really stand out. He's never really had that breakout uh, DK game. So I'm not super interested in him. I'm actually more interested in looking at someone like a Gafford or Montrez Harrell uh, going up against you know a, a bigger lineup and getting more minutes in there and more usage, especially Gafford, who's been, and finally getting himself back on track as far as not only uh, his uh, his minutes production but just his uh, his field goals that have been coming through he's 6 of 6 in the last game has been consistently getting big block games and it was just a surprise that he didn't get one or two in the last one cuz I did play him I did play Gafford he got 28 he did pretty well for 4600 but you know a couple of blocks and he would have been into that mid 30s and I would have been even happier but I think just for that price tag uh, It's close enough to someone like a Deadman where, yes, I'd probably go with a Deadman. But if I'm looking for a pivot, then uh, both Harrell and Gafford are someone who are are of interest to me. And beyond that, I I still don't trust Beal as much as I'd love for his price tag to be something that, you know, I'd say, yes, throw him out there. But he just seems less... I don't want to say like he's getting the shots up, but he just seems less engaged altogether. It's just I don't know. It's been a weird season of watching Bradley Beal. My brother's a big Washington fan. So by extension, I end up watching a lot of Washington games and just Beal is looked off. I don't like him for his price tag, even though he should be a good one. But yeah, by and large, that's who I'm staying
0: with. Yeah, I mean, I think the big the big uh, red flag is when he basically came out and said what was like a week or two ago that uh, he would not commit to the franchise long term and sign an extension. So I, I think he is a little disinterested uh, just in general. I mean, if you told me at the beginning of the season we got Bradley Beal at 8400 I wouldn't care about the matchup. I wouldn't care about anything. I'd be locking him in. Uh, but right now, I, until I see that get-right game of a stretch of, like, two games, that he puts up decent points, and at, at that point his price tag will probably increase closer to that 9 k mark again, I'm just not going to have any interest. And I don't mind taking a look at Avdia, but, you know, that last game was an absolute blowout going against Utah. There's a decent chance he could have played a couple more minutes. Uh Davis Bertans is the other guy that they basically chopped at the minutes at power forward and said split him right down the middle to these two guys. And I think Avdia would be the better matchup with Aaron Gordon. Uh, but we have to just see. It's really he's not risky at 3500 but again, you said it right. He's probably a better cash play. I don't know what exactly what his ceiling would be. But if he can get you 25 to 28, you take that at 35. Uh on the other side of the ball, Diggle Jokic, obviously talk of the town. Yeah, you, you, there's not much that we don't. We don't need to sit here and harp on Jokic too much. Uh, he's an absolute stud. He routinely puts up you know, 60 to 70-point games. It feels like almost on a nightly basis. At 12K, you could you pay for him. Um, I, there's not ever going to be an argument when it comes to Jokic. I'll probably play for him. I mentioned him and Giannis be my two top studs. Uh, if Giannis doesn't play, it would make my life easier with Jokic. But it depends on your build. If you wanted to play two of these centers and then still spend up on another position, you might be leaning more towards Giannis, which... I'm going to have a couple of lineups with both just doing it like that, you know, spending up on Deadman and one of these other centers that we talked about and then playing Giannis at one of the forward positions. So, again, all about the build. And that's probably all I'm really going to be looking at uh, on this side of the ball. You know, Camposo played good minutes in that last one. He's got a good floor at thirty eight hundred. If we see that Will Barton needs another day off then sure, he comes into play. He's questionable as of right now. But other than that, I'll probably just leave it at those two guys. Yeah,
1: I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I'm waiting for the Barton news as well before committing even a little bit to uh, between Combazzo and Bones Highland. Both those guys have a pretty decent floor as long as uh, Barton's out for for their price tags. But again, probably more of a cash play rather than uh, massive GPP bumps because they're just not the kind of guys that would take away usage from a guy like Jokic who's probably going to drop another 70 if you get this kind of game. So You talked about a favorite stud. It's between, for me, it's between Jokic and Embiid, and uh, I'll probably still be playing Deadman as my other center, so depending on the build, I'll be taking one or the other of those.
0: All right, final game of the night, 10.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Phoenix Suns traveling to LA, taking on the Clippers here. There is no injury report at the moment. And then for a game total, we are looking at a solid 213, with Phoenix being favored by two points as of right now. Devin Booker and Aiton are both questionable for this, even though we don't have the injury report. It just popped up on Twitter not too long ago that they are questionable. Abdul Nader has been ruled out. So we just have to keep an eye on that news. Obviously, they'd love these two guys back. I think Devin Booker was seen at practice, taking up, putting up shots and looking pretty comfortable um, hamstring. But that's also just putting up shots in practice. It's not sprinting a full game for 40 minutes. Either way, if he plays, I'm not playing him uh, coming off of that injury. It's just not something I like to leap into. I expect him to be limited or shorter spurts until – he could show he could stay healthy. Uh, Aiton at 7,300. I guess he. there's a, a story where he showed up to practice saying, I want to practice, coach. And they were like, nah, dude, you're sick. Get out of here. Uh, so he still looked under the weather. It's a non-COVID-related illness. So at 7,300, so many centers that we've already talked about on this slate that I'd probably rather play. But maybe if we're doing one of those later slates, if he shoots up, I'd have a little interest. But from what it sounded like, the cold was kind of kicking his ass. So maybe it's best to stay away. Uh, only real options I'd be looking at would be these forty-five and forty-six hundred dollar price tag players, which is Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder. I think I prefer Crowder just shows a little higher upside than most nights. Um at dollars I think he's a rock solid value play. Not a guy building around or anything like that, but a guy that if hey, if you have forty five hundred left and the forward spot open, sure, throw him in there. Why not? Yeah, fair enough. And that DeAndre Ayton news uses-
1: is pretty much been my laser focus with his questionable status i mean he's never been a great guy to be able to uh, play through a lot of these questionable ones so if that happens and he sits out javel mcgee once again becomes uh, the guy to be able to throw out there we had an absolute monster game against boston even though it was a blowout but as long as he's playing somewhere close to 20 minutes he's gonna give you just monster dk points he would be the guy i would actually pick over deadman if uh, deandre Ayton was out and in the starts that he's had this season he's averaging like 13 and nine with uh, you a know, block and a half as well. So just an absolute lock as far as I'm concerned is uh, for his minutes and his uh, production as long as that situation's up. But beyond that, that 4K roulette continues to be a spot that you can get value most nights between Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, even Campaign. Uh, all those guys have uh, pretty much safe floors and ceilings that are going to be in the mid to high 20s. So you can usually get them to hit their value. So if nothing else works, it's like, all right, let's just go plug these guys in, which is kind of how it's been for me and how it's probably going to be for you if you decide to go with one of them as well.
0: On the other side of the ball, uh, we saw Paul George, Batum both miss Saturday's game. Uh, Batum dealing with the ankle, as we know, and then Paul George's elbow. So we got to keep an eye on both those statuses. Uh, If these guys sit, it's just going to be probably really hard for this Clippers team to stay involved in this game. Uh, It's pretty much what we're waiting on for I guess most of the injury news for this team, but we saw Terrence Mann play heavy minutes in that last one, played 34, uh, 35 minutes, ended up turning out a 33 DK point game. If this guy's playing 30 or more minutes, uh, regardless of blowout, I think he would still get fairly good run. So I'd have interest in him. And that's probably about it. You know, I'm not going to keep playing Marcus Morris and get burned by that. You know, him and Jay Crowder at a very similar price tag, probably prefer Crowder ever so slightly, but I'll keep him in the player pool just for, uh, you know, the giggles. But nah, not really going to end up going there uh, in general. Um, You can look at Canard at 49. I think there's other better 5K value plays out there. It's just not a team I want to target on the wings. Guys that are going to have to go against Cam Johnson and Bridges and all these elite wing defenders. It's just not the right matchup for me to target them. So it's probably just going to end up being Terrence Mann is the only guy that I'm keeping in my player pool when it's all said and done. And I'm glad you brought up McGee because I kind of skirted right over that. And, again, it just gives you another reason. If we hear that Ayton's ruled out, it's – You can get good value at center. Uh, There's pivots that can be made off of Jokic, I guess, in that kind of case, where you could play a Deadman and a McGee and maybe get 40 out of your two value plays at center. Uh, That's completely possible. It's on the table. But it's going to be really hard for me to avoid Jokic, not to get back to that game or anything, but I'm just glad you brought up McGee because I kind of uh, glanced right over. that. And I had plenty of shares of him in that last night where he blew up. Um, So I don't know how I didn't mention that when I just talked about his illness. But what are you looking at over here on the Clippers' side of the ball?
1: Yeah. And as far as the Clippers are concerned, I think you've pretty much hit the nail on the head. Terrence Mann's my favorite guy. Again, that small forward eligibility. Just guys that can get uh, off ball usage and get boards from that position just always end up helping me out as far as their DK points are concerned. Got 33 in the last game, 26 the one before that, getting solidly into the mid-30s as far as his minutes are concerned. So he's definitely in play for me. Uh, Reggie Jackson, just from the reality that he's going to be shooting anywhere between 20 to 25 shots, if uh, Paul George does end up sitting out, is just going to walk into value uh, being at 5,900. So he's definitely in my player pool. Uh, but that being said, at that uh, 6K price tag, and again, we keep going back. Harrison Barnes has to have a good game. I just like his uh, his price tag better for that 5,100 situation. We know Armani Brooks at 4,800 is another point guard that can be targeted heavily as well, and Jalen Brunson is 100 bucks less than that too. So it's just a lot of great options as far as that mid-tier is concerned that will likely hit value, and on this kind of night, you're probably going to need these guys to go 6x, 7x on their value. So whether uh, Reggie Jackson can potentially do that, he'd need to continue shooting as well as he did in the last game with a couple more assists. So. That's, that's what it comes down to. I wouldn't count it against them because that's the only way the Clippers are going to be able to keep this close. And honestly, they've been finding ways of keeping games close. they won the last. They're kind of sneakily sitting in fourth place in the West and no one's really talking about it. But it's just not a team that's rolled over and they keep finding ways to keep fighting. If that's going to happen in this game. It's going to be because Reggie Jackson does it.
0: All right. Well, that rounds out the show. That brings us to our player tier segment. Although we already know about 80 percent of what Dave's going to say in this. Let's break it down. Regardless, Dave, who's your expensive tier? Oh, don't know who Dave's expensive tier oh, is, but... Oh, Dave, I'm sorry, tiers. Harris. <laughs> uh, I, just got a tech, I, I just got a message from Dave, actually. That's why. Uh, I'm sitting here trying to multitask, and clearly, I cannot. Uh, Harris, who are you looking at in the expensive tier? My fault, man. No I worries.
1: Oh, good. Uh, yeah. So we've already spoken about how good Jokic is and he's probably going to be in most situations. But I'm going to go ahead and pivot off and say Joel Embiid is uh, my favorite guy. One, uh, his 11,000 price tag is just a little bit less lesser than Jokic from the 12K. Has the same kind of ceiling, to be honest, in uh, a matchup where he can absolutely dominate on the other end. While Memphis, who I still maintain incredibly pesky at home, are not going to get blown out. They find ways to be able to stay in games, which is great for nB to be able to keep his minutes total up. If he can get anywhere between that 33 to 35 minute range in this matchup, I easily see him dropping another 60 plus night. So he's uh, he's going to be my favorite as far as the the uh, expensive tier is concerned.
0: All right. Well, I guess we'll just, we will could just take Jokic right off the board. We'll take Giannis right off the board as well. I mean, I already talked about those guys enough. Um, but one guy that we did talk about at that AK range, which is right on the line, is going to be Kristaps. That'll be my expensive tier guy, AK. I just, you know, it's a back to back. I understand that. There's always worries with Kristaps on back to backs, uh, but no Lukic, Luka, Lukic, Luka in this matchup. I just combined two words. Uh, but he's is an absolute smash spot going against Charlotte. Up pace tempo. They absolutely stink when it comes to defending the three point line. I'm expecting a big game from Porzingis at AK. Um, looking at the mid tier, so you know, five to seven point nine. Who's your play? Yeah, and we'll just stick with your Mavericks for this one as well. Jalen Brunson just by
1: by default from the kind of usage and the way he's done as far as uh, his starting appearances are concerned. Is just a smash spot as far as his uh, his dk points are concerned at 5800 he has the capability as you said earlier to drop a 40 50 dk point night just because he's going to get those kind of shots he's going to be that involved in the offense his usage rate's probably going to be in the low 30s so just a great spot to be able to go ahead and get him uh, he's probably going to be pretty highly owned so maybe you do want to make that pivot and take reggie jackson instead but uh brunson would be my favorite as far as the mid-tier is concerned
0: I'll go with Mr. Dwayne Dedman at 5K. We've spoke about him at nausea, I think, on this show already. Just an absolutely great spot. Uh, They're going to need his size in this matchup going against this double big lineup. So I'll take him at 5K. And if I'm not mistaken, actually, I think they got torched in that game. Um, Yeah, they did. 85 to 111. And he still played 31 minutes. So despite the blowout, I think we can still even look at him. And then the value play. Who are you looking at? Perfect. Well, as as
1: I said, if Aiton's out, JaVale McGee becomes the main one, but considering everything else being normal, I would say that Chris Boucher at 4,300 stays as my favorite play. He's going to be getting the starting opportunity yet again. I played really well in the last game, just needed to stay out of foul trouble to have an even bigger monster night as far as uh, his DK points are concerned. So at 4,300, I could easily see him having the ceiling to be able to have a 40 DK point night in a matchup where... Sacramento is going to have trouble defending him on the outside. And Boucher just needs a couple of shots to go in to be able to get the rest of his numbers to make it a big night.
0: All right. I'll probably go with, uh, yeah, again, McGee would be a fantastic play. But with uh, in a perfect world, we'll have that news early, but we might not. Uh, I'll go with Xavier Tillman. Uh, just another guy. I expect him to draw the start. Probably play around 28 minutes at center is what I'm anticipating. And at 3,400 all the center love that we have on this slate throw another one in the pool Uh, i think he's an absolutely fantastic play and that brings us to thrive section of things thrive fantasy guys presented by uh we're gonna give out our favorite thrive fantasy prop bets of the night Uh, i kind of had one circled which i think is going to be a close one but one that i'm expecting a good matchup in and for me i'm gonna go with actually i'll let you go first harris i'm a gentleman not a problem yeah no, i was
1: just looking at uh, looking through a couple of these as well and you know just like last time i got to stick with it i got to give that bonus but i'm going to start with uh, kyle lowry being 11.5 total on the rebounds and assists he's definitely going to be over on that uh, and i mean he's sitting at 90 points which is you know you want one of those situations where some things that you can just go ahead and lock in and expect the rest of it to come through but my more uh Point of interest where I could see uh, you making a little bit more is the Giannis 18.5 total for his rebounds and assists at uh, over at 105 points. You know, again, if he sits out, obviously all of this goes to crap, and we'll worry about something else. But coming off a monster night, even if he doesn't get the triple doubles, as far as his assists are concerned, I easily see him grabbing 12 to 13 boards in this game. So he just needs to put a couple of dimes on there, and then those 105 points, as far as thrives concerned, can be yours for Giannis with his over.
0: Yeah, I wonder, you know, could, because they have the Luca line still up there. Uh, if you just take the under on that and just easily cash or if they make you pick another one, uh, which I'm pretty sure they do, which is their ice prop where case of emergency prop, something happens to a player. Yeah. So most likely that's what's going to happen with Luca, where it wouldn't even count. But uh, I'll go with the guy that I mentioned earlier in the show where I didn't like his DK price, but I love the matchup for him. It's going to be Pascal Siakam. Uh, the over on 33 and a half total points, rebounds and assists. Uh, I think this is a great spot for Siakam. You get that 105 points, so a little bit of an edge in that one. Uh, Nothing close to necessarily a sure thing, but I really do like that spot for him. Um, I'm expecting him to come out and have a big game. Obviously, in DFS, I won't have as many shares because of all the other forwards that we did speak about uh, with Boucher, with Porzingis, where I just prefer those guys in DFS terms, but I think it's a great spot to target him as a prop bet. And then if I wanted to look at another one, there's a pretty much easy cash one, which is six and a half assists for Jokic. Uh, I'm taking the over on that. It's only 95 points, so you're not you're not going to you know break the bank with that one. Uh, but it feels like it's any given night, I'll take the over on six and a half show, uh, assists with Nikola Jokic. So that brings us home. That is everything. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Harris, let the good people know where they can find you.
1: Absolutely. Well, you can find me jumping much like Boucher on Twitter at HAK underscore devil for all the tweets from downtown.
0: Yeah, my twitters I want to say it's boring. You know, I always put up something in there uh, outside of basketball related stuff. Oh, Anthony Davis ruled out last minute. Uh, I'll have some time to adjust. But um, yeah, I mostly you'll mostly just see me kind of tweeting every single injury piece and news related item that I find throughout the day. So I just try to help all of my followers who are sitting there building lineups throughout the day um and also give us a thumbs up a five star wherever you are listening apple stitcher spotify iHeartRadio. uh we are all over the place youtube you name it we're there and wherever you find our show whether you're a long-time listener first-time listener uh we really do appreciate it if you give us a five-star thumbs up only takes a minute out of your day to put a smile on our faces so that is all we have for you guys thank you for listening it'll be santino and sammy breaking down that tuesday slate for you guys as always take care let's go out there and crush some lineups